This is LifeLinks with a DL link. Well, welcome to it. This is the DL Link Show where we in- connect you to insights, information and illumination on 101.9 Chai FM. I'm Nikki Seberini. Delighted to be with you. We have another fabulous hour ahead um, and we're going to be looking at something that we talk about and we know it's important, but how do we really harness it? Well, that's the power of the mind and who better to share stories than our cancer warriors who have really had to overcome um, so many journey. So I'm really delighted to um, introduce our first guest um, for today's show, Con Burtish, who is the founder of the Cancer Dojo. Um, and he's a, as I said, he's a, he's a brain cancer survivor. He's a speaker on resilience. He's a creative strategist. He's a social entrepreneur. So many things. And a lot of this born out of his cancer journey. Con, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you're in Romania. So we we're delighted that you've taken some time out to have a have a conversation with us today. No, it's super. Thanks. Hi, Nikki, and hi, everyone. Yep, I'm very excited to be here, and I'm um, spreading my message, which seems to be um, yes, it seems to be um, tapping into a lot of um, how the world is feeling at the moment, and how we are realizing so much more about how our, our minds and and our and what we think and do can have a profound effect on our on our on the biology of ourselves and how we heal and how we, yeah, how, how health is linked to, linked to mindset. I love that. I love it. And it's so true. We are awakening it to, to it, Con. Um, you know, instead of um, being ruled by the mind, it's kind of taking, taking control and, and really harnessing the power of that mind. So you, you uncovered that on your journey. Maybe you want to just share with our listeners um, this extraordinary cancer journey that you've been on. Um, yeah, I, I can do that. Um, essentially, I was diagnosed with a rare form of, of adult brain um, cancer in 2006. Um, and my oncologists were kind of scratching their heads because um, it was generally a, a cancer that's found uh, in children under the age of, of five. Right. Um, but it, it kind of, so they were, they were confused as to why at, at then, at that point, a 36-year-old man had it. Um, but it, it seemed to make sense to my family and my friends who had, who had always called me childish and I was always coming up with, with creative tricks and, and plans. <laughs> and so it was kind of a joke. But then I, what I did was because I had been, I'm a, I'm a creative thinker. Um, and I, I, for now 20 years, I've been a creative director in advertising and on other projects. I love solving problems using creativity. And I also come from what I like to say as a family of brothers who are remarkably hard to kill. Um, my brothers and I have all competed as, as, as Red Bull big wave surfers. Wow. And my older brother has a double open heart, has had double open heart surgery and now lives with a metal valve in his heart and we still surf 20 to 30 foot waves together. Wow. And my younger brother, he's the crazy, he's the crazy chap that paddled across the Atlantic. On his stand-up paddleboard for three months. Is that Chris, Con? Is that Chris? Yes. That's oh, Chris. wow. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. I, All I, right. I, yeah, I like, to, I like to say that I've been training him for 40 years. <laughs> so you're a family of five brothers? Four, no, three of us. Oh, three of, oh, oh, sorry. I was adding up three brothers yes. and all no, of you, and all of I, you I, I really if, pushing I think yourselves. If there were five brothers, my mother would be dead. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> You mean three was plenty, three was enough. 
Wow. Wow. Okay. So, 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 so you're giving an idea of being in advertising, always being very creative, always, um, tuned into the childlike playing side of yourself, um, being yes. diagnosed with a cancer that, that children under the age of five get. And here you are at 36 and you're faced with this. What do you do with that, Con? Yeah. Well, that's, that's interesting. So it was literally as soon as they found this, Humor, which was essentially the same size as the, and you'll hear my humor coming on now, which was exactly the same size as a Dunlop Pro high altitude competition squash ball. <laughs> it was that, exactly the same size, but it didn't have the yellow dot on it. Um, and it was, in, it was on the, in the back of my brain. And um, when we eventually found it, it was emergency surgery. Um, they needed to try and um, get as much of it out as possible within the next 72 hours, or I just would have passed out. If it, it had been going on for, for like two months, sure. I was seeing multiple doctors for um, these pains in my head, and they kept telling me, "Oh well, you know, advertising is a stressful business, con." Sure. And they would give me vitamin B injections. And they missed it completely. Mm. And they missed it. Yeah. So eventually, it was emergency surgery. Get as much of the tumor out as possible. Um, and then the story continues. I mean, it was, it was a very serious, um, intricate surgery. Luckily, I was with a, 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 a kind of a hero of, of, um, of, uh, neurosurgery, which was, uh, Dr. Um, Roger Meldell out of, um, Mediclinic in Constantia. And, um, although I did die on the operating table, I wasn't supposed to, I managed to bounce myself back to life. And they got as much of the tumor as they could and then went into the process of, um, yeah, chemotherapy, radiation, and uh, many more treatments Con- that I started. Con, I just have to I, press yeah. pause. I have to press pause because you don't just throw it out there that you died on the table. Um, you know, that that's so, huge. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a huge thing. I have to go there. I mean, do you... I've read so many books of people being in surgery, heart stopping, having this out of body experience. Do you have any experience like that, Con? Um, well, I had, I had something. It was interesting because one of the, before I went in for brain surgery, a lot of people say to me, when did, when did you start actively, um, getting involved in your own healing? Um, and the moment was when I had to sign this form, which I call the world's most disturbingly scary form. Mm. Um, and before, and the day before my brain surgery and yeah. said that when you woke up you might be blind sure. um, or you might be deaf or you might not wake up at all sure. and then you have to sign this form so I realized okay well I believe in mind-body connection I have to do something mm. I, I can't be helped in this helpless state um, Korea I need to be able to speak and I need to be able to see and I also definitely don't want to die but sure. because of they were operating on the working part of my brain. It was all very likely and possible. So then I decided, okay, I'm going to, I, I'm going to prepare my, my, my body and my brain for surgery. So I, I wrote the first of my, of my kind of sketches, which helped me to participate in my own healing. And that, I called it the bouncy brain and I scribbled this thing and I imagined my brain was going to be this, um, this pliable thing, this flexible object that would right. bounce when when these sharp implements came into my brain, it they would it wouldn't be it, my brain wouldn't be a static thing. It would be it would be something that could bounce and bend and and 
like wow. creativity, be able to to change and move with whatever challenges came at it. And ironically, when um, during my first surgery, which was to try and get basically, which I woke up from to find that I looked like a liquid fruit because there was a tube coming out of my brain into a bag um, that was siphoning off the brain fluid which had on the surgeon's table. And then I managed to bounce me back, that bounced me back into life, which was kind of interesting because the the sketch I had done before I went in for surgery was this bouncy, bouncy brain that would bounce back no matter what. Sure. So it was it was just an, an ironic uh, kind of story um, how how we kind of we can have some form of effect on things um, when we prepare for them and and a lot of what I'm doing with Cancer Dojo is linking a lot of the learnings I have from top Red Bull um, extreme athletes and coaches who are able to train these individuals to perform feats that no other humans can do. Mm. And it's using the same methodology. It's about connecting your mind to your body, visualizing where you want to go, and then actively pursuing it using, you know, in small steps or stages towards that that ultimate goal. Um, And I know I've jumped... I've jumped a little bit from my surgeries, um, but that's kind of that's that was the start of when I decided to start participating. I hear um, you. Mm. And then post post surgery, they got as as much of the tumor out as possible, and I went into the traditional treatments of radiation um, and chemotherapies and and such. And I continued this 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 diet, which was to create um, ways or challenges for myself to actively augment my treatments using my thinking. Wow. Um, and there are multiple different, multiple different kind of medical terms or phrases around that. Um, resiliency is one, and another one is obviously that there's immunology, which is a big, a big um, um, kind of catchphrase in, in the cancer world. Mm-hmm. world. And we've actually, Cancer Dojo, we've just partnered with the University of Cape Town's um, immunology department, which is and biomedicine department, which is great. So we're going to be working on literally some white papers around around how um, emotional health uh, and emotional well-being can affect um, different different things, especially in the in the um, in the healing space healing from cancer. Amazing con. So I just want to, you know, I'm, I'm so fascinated. I've done a lot of research into flow or getting into the zone and just looking at extreme sportsmen yes. and how, um, their yes. ability to achieve and break records is happening, um, within a shorter and shorter space of time. They are able to access this part of their brain. Um, as you say, this mind body connection, which is fascinating. Um, I myself practice a lot of mindfulness meditation and getting into a state yes. of mindfulness, you kind of access Accessing that flow as well, so I, I love that you that you have this app that you are encouraging people um, to look at that part of of um, of a healing process. So you used and, and being a creative person, you used a lot of visualization. You talk about the sketches. Um, do you do you introduce that a lot yes. within this app as well, Con? We do. So so basically, the the reality is that um, there are three reasons why patients traditionally haven't haven't participated in their own healing mm-hmm. and the first one is is that traditionally for centuries in western medicine 
you, you aren't given a role. Your, your doctor or your practitioner gives you a drug, right. but he doesn't give you a role. And then secondly, the, the fear specifically of cancer is so all-consuming that people are completely um, debilitated by it, and they, they, they can't even think about playing a role. And then thirdly, a lot of uh, the third thing is that the majority of people in the world are not visual thinkers because nothing in their, in their lives demands that they be visual thinkers. But they can. They can be. They can be trained. Um, so a lot of people who aren't visual thinkers, they struggle to even see a role, um, which makes creative people um, have an, have an, have a, uh, almost have a strategy to dealing with things because we can take something that's invisible and make it visible. And when mm. it's visible, then you can actually engage with it. Right. So we're teaching, we're teaching patients to, to, um, to verbalize, to write, to draw, there's a scribble pad on the app, and to because everyone is creative. It's just that, unfortunately, some of us were told when we were in grade two that our giraffe looked like a hippopotamus <laughs> um, by our art teacher. And we thought, oh dear, well, I'm, I can't do art, uh, and then you kind of give up. Uh, um, but everybody is, and and, and sure. just like just like resilience, um, creativity can be trained. Um, just like just like um, Dr. Andy Walsh, who's the the Red Bull um, Extreme Coach. That's what that's what he does. He teaches these guys to to perform at their absolute peak mm. to achieve extraordinary feats. And my job, because we actually did a talk together, and you know, I am, and we were talking the same, exactly the same stuff, except instead of getting a an athlete to do a, a seven twenty um, spin on their on a skateboard or a ramp, I want to, I want to make patients um, perform at the absolute peak to achieve getting better and surviving. Sure. So it's it's high time really that we started looking at at the um, the survival from cancer, not just from or what kind of treatments are we giving people because you don't die, don't really die, you know, yeah, you know, people. People don't pass away that much during the during the during the treatment phase. It's when post treatment when your body responds to all of these things. So I really want to start helping patients to build resiliency post treatment so that they can bounce back better. Amazing. Listen, you know what, Con? When you are up in Joburg, you have to return to our studio so we can really dedicate a lot more time. I'm very passionate about it. I love that you have this app for our listeners who are intrigued. They want to access this powerful mind. They want their mind to play a very active role in their healing process. And not just the healing process, for anybody listening who wants to use the mind powerfully to have the kind of life that they really want that they can visualize and dream of, how do they get hold of the app, Con? So it will be online. It literally will be online um, as of next week. Mm-hmm. Wednesday next week it will be available on app stores, on iOS and, and on the Android store. And um, what is it called? So the Apple store. and It's called Cancer Dojo. Cancer Dojo. Okay, so it's cancerdojo.com. Yeah, yeah well, that's the website. So on the app stores you just have to download the app. It's just Cancer Dojo. 
Awesome. Listen, I wish you every success with the app. Thank you for sharing your story. I'd love to spend more time discussing um, how you've used your mind and how you're going to be encouraging others to do the same. I support it. I love it. Um, and it's been great. Have hope you have a fabulously successful talk tomorrow in Romania. Con, do take care. Ah, thank you very much. Thank and you. last phrase from me was is is that can- the purpose of Cancer Dojo is to increase the global cancer survival rate while reducing its burden of cost. Love it. Amazing. Con, thank you so much. Take care. Um, thanks. Bye bye. Um, Con Burtish. So, yeah, I mean, and he's got his very famous brother, Chris Burtish. Look him up. Also, he surfs and he goes around the world on this like paddleboard kind of or little boat kind of thing. Um, and Con has been involved in big wave surfing, these big wave surfers, um, and just accessing the mind through flow and being in the zone and how he has used that to help him with cancer um, and the active role that the mind plays. So, um, yeah, look up Cancer Dojo. Get your hands on the app. Um, just phenomenal. I love it. We're going to have another person who also is an extreme sportsman who's going to talk about the power of the mind. We're going to be talking to Con's oncologist. Um, and just the show continues. Please stay with us. This is Lifelinks with a DL link. Thank you so much for staying tuned to the DL Link show where we keep you connected through insights, information and illumination on 101.9 High FM. So we know that the Jerusalem Marathon is just around the corner. Israel will be celebrating its 71st birthday anniversary um, in 2019 and you are invited to join a once in a lifetime experience in Jerusalem. And it's very, very easy. Um, you'll be raising funds for such a good cause, of course, the DL link. Now, if you want to register, I know that a whole lot of people are already training with Samson, the trainer. Um, so register as soon as possible. Just go to the website, dllink.coza, or you can em- email info at dllink.coza. Um, sign yourself up, um, invite your family, friends, um, and you get to run through the streets of Jerusalem. You get to run with a cancer warrior's name um, or in memory of someone with their name on your back. Um, the beautiful hills of Jerusalem just to let you know it's happening on the 15th of March um, and registration does close on the 22nd of February so you've got some time to think about it make up your mind register ASAP um, and uh, if you if you get your registration in now you're going to get a 10% off uh, a 10% discount um, if you join the DL link team it's going to be a phenomenal phenomenal experience um, just before the break we had a word with Con Burtish, who I found incredibly inspiring. And what I love is that um, he and his brothers are really into... um extreme sports. He was a big wave surfer and he's accessed so much of that mindset and using the mind and being in creative, using visualization as part of his um, journey and as part of his treatment, um, complementing the surgery and the um, chemotherapy that that he had. Um, Very, very inspiring. So I'm really excited to have his oncologist on the line, Dr. Garth Davids, who's with Cancer Care um, at Rhonda Bosch Medical Center um, and also at the Mediclinic Constantia Berg, uh, all in Cape Town. So, uh, Dr. Davids, welcome. I hope I gave um, the introduction correctly. Um, lovely to have you on the show. Thanks. Thanks for, for having me and also thanks for inviting us to share Khan's story, which is very inspirational. 
Yeah, so, you know, being the oncologist, um, you know, and not wanting to generalize, but what you do is you, 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 you're going to be specializing in the treatment, um, treating of cancer, um, they're very specific ways looking at cancer, and that's kind of your journey. So to come across someone like Con, who talks about before going in for the operation, how he decided, um, connecting mind and body was very important, drawing pictures, having a picture of the brain as being this malleable, soft, flexible thing, organ that could bounce back. How was that for you as a doctor working with a patient like Con? Yeah, you know, it was it was it was an interesting journey. Yeah. Um Con being being very creative in terms of his outlook. Um certainly we try to encourage patients to be actively involved in their in their care plan. So although yes our expertise is in providing the necessary chemotherapy, radiotherapy, and, and treatments, at the end of the day, one does want to always be for a holistic approach to treating any cancer patient and embracing the person um, and allowing them to be interactive in their treatment is, is quite essential. So, mm. you know, it, it was definitely... A, an opportunity um, to work alongside the person, being con, in an attempt to provide optimal care. Um, I've I've read so many articles, um, and I've so many oncologists, and I, I don't have figures or the articles in front of me where they talk about the attitude of the patient and um, playing a very big part, a huge role in in their recovery. Ha, have you experienced that, or is that far too vague a statement for you to make? Absolutely, I think that positivity definitely helps improve overall quality of life, and quality of life ultimately dictates how someone is going to cope with their treatments. Mm -hmm. And also, as we're seeing an increasing, fortunately, an increasing proportion of our patients are going to be survivors. Mm -hmm. Um, So not only in in the treatment component of providing care, but also from a survivorship perspective, positivity definitely plays a very important role. Um, and and so you know tools to try and encourage positive thought um, and aid people through their journey definitely is is of a huge benefit. Mm. I would have liked to have spent more time discussing the, the more of the details with Con. You know, he just mentioned that he had been diagnosed with a cancer, which was very confusing for the doctors because it was normally seen in children under the age of five. So it was quite a rare cancer Correct. to be found in an adult that he had to have emergency surgery. Um, I know that he had he, 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 there were two small tumors that were removed. I, I, please do correct me. But in terms of his cancer treatment and the chemotherapy, what, what, what did the prognosis look like when you, when you first started out? I think that, you know, it's important. I, I always um, say to, to all my patients, cancer is an, an umbrella diagnosis. So obviously brain tumors are, have a very different outcome to, say, lung cancers or breast cancers. Right. Um, Con's tumor was a medulloblastoma, which is a rarity amongst adults. So it is a tumor that we typically do see in children. Mm-hmm. So that does put Con into a pretty niche group of of, of, of individuals. Fortunately, um, once again, not all brain tumors being equal, you know, 
fortunately, medulloblastomas are one of those brain tumors that potentially can be cured, which isn't what we can offer for, for all patients with sure, brain tumors. Sure. Um, but prognostically, we knew from the outset that the intent of our treatment was going to aim for a curative approach. Mm-hmm. The intent of, of, of our treatment, and that is why from a collaborative perspective, we, we did offer surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation with intent to cure. Right. So one, one, and it, one has to put that into perspective and um, given the, the rarity of the diagnosis. Um, the, the prognosis was not great, but there certainly was the hope and the intent to provide curative therapy. And and how was he throughout the treatment? Um, you know, we, we, we're talking about it because of this Cancer Dojo app that he's saying to people, um, you know, use your mind, connect body and mind. Um, all over the world, there you, you have a greater chance if you access this mind. Um, if you if you had to look at how he was, chemotherapy is tough. Um, with radiotherapy on top of that, that's tough. Um, h- how would you describe his disposition through the process? Yeah. I think, you know, at, in, at, at initial diagnosis, there is always a shock to the man. So most people walking through the door bring a certain degree of anxiety sure. associated with the cancer diagnosis, which is, which is understandable. And um, through the course of the treatment, as Con began to engage in his treatment actively, definitely there was a sense of increased positivity and a reduction in stress mm-hmm. um, and he was always positively engaged in in his treatment process um, so yes I think that he's certainly applying the tools that he used through his journey right. into the app that he has created mm-hmm. in an attempt to improve the quality of life of, of patients going through treatments and and the outcomes as well mm-hmm. Um, doctor, you started off talking about a holistic approach. Um, I'd, I'd like to just expand, if you don't mind, what, what, what do you mean by a holistic approach when, when you're embarking sure. on this kind of treatment? Sure. And so by holistic, we try and encompass not only looking at the physical aspects of treatment, but also trying to address emotional, psychological, and spiritual needs of patients, mm-hmm. which is a very important component of healing. Mm-hmm. And one can apply this not only to, to cancer management, but really any illness, especially chronic illnesses, right. um, where we know that there is a very important interplay between psychosocial well-being and ability to cope with treatments and ultimately how an individual is going to ultimately do following their course of of therapy. Mm -hmm. So a holistic approach really aims to address not just the physical component, but also aims to try and provide support from a psychological and sometimes spiritual 
level as well. Mm-hmm. So in terms of getting a team together, um, just for our listeners right now, as you've said, it's so overwhelming. You walk in, you're in shock, you you don't know what to expect. It's your, your greatest fear realized when you're diagnosed with cancer. Um, and, and so many people have said, you know, pause. Um, in, in Con's uh, case, he had to have emergency surgery, but very often you do have a few days. Some people have a few weeks before they can make have to make decisions about the surgery and the type of treatment etc etc do you encourage people to do that to try and get a team together and how do you as an oncologist feel about that if a patient had to come along and say look I, I want a team of doctors working together and maybe even bring in something like a homeopath or something that really is not in line with your type of treatment but how do you feel about bringing a team of doctors together Sure. I think that's to be strongly encouraged. In fact, if you look at the way in which most cancers are managed, mm. um, it is a team approach. Yeah. And increasingly, when we are seeing patients for the first time, they've, they've often consulted their GPs, consulted surgeons. Um, we often sit together in a multidisciplinary forum and discuss patients individually. So there definitely is a drive to looking at a team approach, mm-hmm. and certainly from, from, from my perspective, you know, that is usually encouraged. Right. And, and included in that team is also often a set of, of counselors, um, psychologists, sometimes dietitians, physiotherapists, um, and certainly if, if the person is keen on engaging in alternative medicine and homeopathy, I always do try and ensure that we keep an open dialogue oh, and fabulous. ultimately be respectful of what the wishes of the person is going to be. And mm. um, I always try and encourage my patients and say that ultimately you know, they they're key. Um, they really are need to take charge of their of their treatment. There increasingly are multiple treatment options that 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 we can offer, and mm. um, and and that often draws from the strength of multiple. Special specialists and and also allied professions. Mm. So it definitely is very much a team approach, and not only from the perspective of medical professionals, but also then the support that they're able to gain from the community. Right. And that may be family, friends, other cancer survivors. Um, there is an increasing network of support that one can draw on, mm. um, which enables a less stressful process for the the individual. Mm. It really is multidimensional, isn't it? It's really a bringing together, as you've said, this web, this network um, and, and, you know, being so out of control when you have the diagnosis, but putting this together, having this team moving forward, making the decisions, I suppose, is the first step in, in being able to take control of whatever you can take control of in, in that particular situation. Very empowering. It is. Yeah. I think, you know, I, it's sometimes very challenging because I think one, I also have to speak about the fact that, you know, yes, there is, there is a myriad of information out there with information technology that, yeah. that is available. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as the, as, as the person going through the journey, it's also important to be able to sift out what the good information is versus the not so good information. Mm-hmm. Um, and important to always highlight the fact that you need to have a good relationship with the person looking after you and to be able to address and communicate um, 
any questions or thoughts that you have with regard to your your treatment. Mm. Um, but but yes, it, it is it is empowering to be able to take charge of your specific treatments and your path going forward. Mm. Such an important point. Thank you, Doctor. Doctor David, thank you very much for your time today. We really do appreciate it. Any and, pleasure. Uh, yeah, and lovely to know how open-minded you've been with the whole process and you continue to be. It really um, is very encouraging. Lovely chatting. Do take care. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Dr. Um, Garth Davids is an oncologist. He he worked with uh, Convertish. Um, he's with the Cancer Care um, at Rondebosch Medical Center um, and also at the Mediclinic Constantia Berg, and that's all in Cape Town. We are going to take a break, and then we're going to have someone who immerses himself in ice-cold water, and it's not because he has got a higher pain threshold. It's because he uses his mind over time, and he has um, worked with Con or spoke with Con before, um, we're really just looking at accessing the mind, the power of the mind, using the mind um, along the, the, the journey um, and what a positive impact it can have. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. This is LifeLinks with a DL link. Good afternoon. You are tuned to 101.9 High FM. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. Nikki Seberini with you. We've been talking about the power of the mind. Con Bertish um, shared his cancer journey with us, but very important, his use of the mind and visualization and mind-body connection um, with his journey uh, all the way back in tw- 2006 being diagnosed with brain cancer. Um, and in 2018, he's in Romania giving talks on resilience also talking about his app Cancer Dojo which we really are going to be promoting um, to help you on your journey um, and using visualization and, and really using the power of the mind so Con spoke about um, you know being a big wave surfer I know that recently he spoke at an event um, and he spoke with also another um, extreme sportsman he's an extreme ice swimmer he's also an inspirational speaker so he knows a lot about overcoming obstacles not only the obstacles of swimming long distances having a tired body being freezing cold but the obstacle of the mind that mind tells you you can't and finding the way over that obstacle um, and turning that into an absolute you can so ryan stramrud it is wonderful to have you on the show thank you so much for joining us Absolute pleasure. Great to be here. Ryan, you know what I love? I love that you said that you were like a couch potato um, because yeah. I love that we can relate to it. It's not that you grew up always wanting to do sport and running around. You you said you went through a stage in your life when you were pretty lazy and then you decided, no, it's got to end. Um, maybe you want absolutely. to expand on that. Yeah, it's exactly how it happened. You know, I'm absolutely nothing special about me. I was a couch potato loving the remote control way too much. We can relate. Um, and you know, one day, you know, I kind of acknowledged this and decided, well, I need to do something. And um, through through a bit of a journey, hooked up with somebody who said, join my little swimming squad. This was back in probably uh, the year 2000 or 2003. Right. And uh, I decided, okay, I've always kind of enjoyed swimming. And I think I was 27 years old at the time. Uh-huh. And I joined this little swimming squad, and I remember managing 20 lengths, just which is half a kilometer. Sure, that's a lot. Before I needed to throw up, I was so exhausted. <laughs> I can I can relate to that. So, how did you go beyond the finding 20 laps uh, pretty tough? What, what what made you carry on? Well, that's where the journey started. Um, 
once you are part of it, something made me, me keep going. I've always enjoyed swimming. And then somewhere along the line, probably within the first two or three months, uh, uh, or experienced swimmer, a guy called uh, Tony Solmayer, who was also a part of the squad of an, uh, an extreme swimmer himself, said, what I should do is to take on the challenge of trying to swim from Robben Island to Bloberg Beach. Yeah. And I remember thinking of that is just the most insane thing I've ever heard. That's reserved for the super athletes and, uh, you know, people that I put on pedestals, certainly not for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing led to another, uh, and through lots of encouragement, I set it as a goal, probably the first goal, certainly the, the, the first sporting goal I'd ever set in my life. And I, I worked towards it. And uh, before, probably within six months, found myself uh, in a speedo, goggles and cap, no wetsuit, nothing, <laughs> jumping into that freezing water in Table Bay and trying to swim all the way from Robben Island to Bloberg Beach. And? And I succeeded. Wow. And that, again, amplified my journey in, in two ways. Firstly, I was convinced before that that this was reserved for people who were better than me. Mm. Um, and secondly, I started to realize the massive impact that uh, the element of cold has on a human being. Maybe I didn't quite compute it all in that first swim, but cold, humans have not evolved well at all to handle the cold. We've evolved so well to avoid it. Mm. So when we find ourselves in that icy water unprotected, um, your body and more importantly your mind starts going into overdrive to convince you to get out. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that has been a very important part of my process, which I'll, I'll run you through if you like. I'd love you to, please. So you stop me at any time because I can go on. But the, you, once I had done the first Robben Island crossing and realized, hang on, you know, I, I honestly believe this was impossible for me, yet now I've done it and it, it was hard, but it wasn't that hard. What else can I do? And I started obviously sticking with the genre of swimming, taking on different challenges a little bit further, a little bit further, a little bit further, getting myself super fit and starting to really enjoy it. And the more I did that in the waters around Cape Town, the more I started to to understand this concept of just how unbelievably powerful uh, the human mind is when it decides it wants you to get out of the cold water. Mm. Because as I said, when you throw yourself in the cold water, your body is designed to and your mind is designed to get you out. Right. But where your mind tells you the end point is, is not where the end point is, if that makes any sense. Our mind's are defaulted to keep us safe. So they overreact greatly. So let me just put this out there. If I stay in that cold water forever, I will die. Yes. There's only two outcomes. Either either Table Bay is going to cool me down to its temperature, um, where my core will then be 12 degrees Celsius and I will be very dead, or I'm going to warm it all up uh, to, to my core temperature, which is just not going to happen. So mm. There is an end point. But where your mind tells you that endpoint is is extremely safe, way too safe. You can push yourself a lot further. So when we started to understand this concept, you start to apply it to all other areas of your life as well. Mm. When we experience an element of fear, our mind tells us, guys, that is the endpoint. Don't cross it. And that fear is not just physical hurting yourself. In other words, or being very cold, you must get out or don't walk into the fire or jump off the cliff. Your mind is also designed to keep you safe from the emotional pain that comes from failure. And this is where it starts to get interesting. When we are scared to take a a chance on something, be it in career, be it in sport, be it in family, or even just in, in, in social life, when you fear the unknown, you don't know the outcome, 
and the outcome might be negative and it might reflect a failure on you. That's a certain level of pain, and your mind is designed to protect you from that. So as humans, we default to not trying, just to summarize it very, very quickly. Mm. We mm. default to not trying, and when you don't try, you don't learn. When you stop learning, you cannot grow. And when you stop growing, you're going to get knocked over no matter where you are. Hmm. So how do you flip the default switch? Wow. Well, that's, uh, again, you know, when, when I stand in front of audiences, I talk about this default switch. You know, the mind comes with the default setting of self-protect. The mind right. protect us, keep us safe. Sure. But there is a switch or a button, however you want to look at it, that takes you out of the self-protect mode and puts you in uh, self-explore mode. Now, you're not just going to listen to someone on the radio and say, oh, I've got a switch, let me flick it and life will be different. Mm. But you need to start your own journey. Once you believe it's there, once you believe you can look at challenges and brick walls and all the red tapes and hurdles and rejections differently, you start your own journey to access this. It's not to wake up one morning and everything's different. Find, find what I call little impossibles. We're all so shaped by these, these uh, little things that just guide us and keep us inside the comfort zone. But don't let us get out. That stop us from trying new stuff. That stop us from trying stuff that's a bit difficult or that makes us believe that we can't achieve whatever it is we, 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 that might get us to the next level. And you start to find those little things little by little and uh, challenge them, look them in the eye and just uh, take it on one a day. So, so Ryan, I, I, I love, okay, so, so just to summarize, the default is to protect us so that we survive, so that we don't fail physically and emotionally. Um, and you're saying that there's a, there's a space in between, um, that it's kind of this vacant space that we've got to try and inhabit in order to really be able to push ourselves. Um, that, that, that's a, that's a very good summary. Yes. Um, what I'm, what yes? I'm saying is that the magic happens. On the other side of where your mind tells you the end point is. Right. Okay. So, so in my, sorry if, I, if I'm cutting you off, but in, in, so in, in, in my journey, I've gone from that Robin Island crossing and I've taken my, you know, I, I've learned all my lessons in the cold. Uh-huh. Um, and believe me, I, I do not like the cold. I have no ability to extend my time in the cold longer than anyone by self-combusting or, or heating my center core. I'm as average as anybody right, else. Right, okay. But however, I have, I have accepted and learned a lot about how the mind is designed to protect us, but it's a little bit overprotective. So I've, with a bunch of mates, been pushing the limits of that, you know, trying to go a little bit further, having a look what medical science says should be possible for a human to endure in cold situations, uh-huh. and then let's see if we can go a little bit further than that. And you know, we've been pushing those boundaries. Right. So I've learned, I've learned a lot, and every single swim I've done has been fear. And every single time you have fear, the default thing, and this supplies to me as much as anybody else, is to steer away from it. Mm. You rather don't try. Don't try and go that extra level. And yes, of course, sometimes it's sensible because you don't want to die. Um, but you know, I do what I do in the extreme. But I take those extreme lessons and we can apply them. I apply them in my everyday life. Mm. Um, and I, I, I teach. I work with a lot of people to teach them as well in their everyday lives and their careers how to look at things differently. Yeah, uh, you know, just extraordinary how you're able to overcome the fear, how um, every time you get in and when your body, when your mind is telling you it's too cold, get out, when you yeah. when you go beyond that, that sense of achievement, the sense of connecting with the power of this incredible mind and realizing that when yeah. you 
do, you can achieve so much. Same with Con, you know, with his whole process, with his brain tumor. Um, and, and, um, you know, when it's a very physical thing, you get to see it. So you have the extreme sportsman. You've got you. You're an extreme ice swimmer. Then you, you have Con who had brain cancer and he had yeah. to apply it there. So for us, you know, who are listening now, we have to apply it every day and can I do this? Can I achieve this? Um, can I get involved in this business, in this relationship, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. And it's not as tangible as the actual physical sport. You, you know what yeah. I'm saying? You get to really, yeah. really experience. So that must be a challenge for you, getting someone on another level where it's mind playing a trick, not so much a physical action yeah. to access that when it's just that mind. Nikki, you know, it, it, it is a tricky thing. And, and uh, you know, I, I would, again, I'm no different to anyone else. And if I hadn't got in the swimming pool, if I hadn't attempted my first Robben Island, if I hadn't uh, gone to Antarctica and, and swum in minus one degree water, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have the lessons, I wouldn't have the understanding of the yeah. mind that I have today. Yeah. I, you know, I don't study this. I'm no psychologist. I, I've got, there's nothing scientific. It's mm-hmm. just I have seen firsthand just how powerful the human mind is. It's the gateway to absolute greatness, but it is designed to keep us safe, designed to keep us inside the comfort zone. And when, when you don't believe that you can achieve something, when, when, when your mind is so convinced, remember the mind is part of us. I often talk about the mind as being something else that you can access. It's you. You are your mind, really. Mm-hmm. So how do you overcome that when you believe you can't do it? And that's what I try and teach people, and through um, you know through the talks I give, and now the workshops that I do as well, the grit workshop. Um, we spend a lot of time talking about different um, brick walls that people face in different aspects of their lives, and we brainstorm around that. And mm. I give my advice mm. and my opinions of where I believe they uh, where, where they're hitting the end point, um, and what we can do just to take one foot over that end point. Um, because I think key to my teachings is the fact that, and I know lots of people talk about this, but you need to understand that failure is part of the process. Yeah, it is. If you don't try, you have already failed. Mm. Okay, If you do try and fail, I can guarantee you there will be a lesson that you learn out of that. Yeah. And I will guarantee you that that lesson that you learn, you'll be able to apply the next time you try, or even to something completely different. Mm. I mean, often, if you try something and it really doesn't work and it's not for you, I don't say go try again and try again and try again, knocking your head on a brick wall. But even completely unrelated, you learn stuff. And yeah. as humans, we only grow when we are constantly learning. If you stop learning, you, you, you sit still. Teaching. And there's so many, including myself back in the day, I was sitting still. I'm getting by. Yeah. I'm getting my commission check. I'm in sales. Um, uh, you know, life is life is okay. I'm getting by. I don't want to disrupt anything. Why would I want to do better? If I try to do better, I might fail, fail. disrupt the yeah. sales. <laughs> and, and I mean, that, that is an absolute normal defense mechanism. And that's why I say that people mustn't do radical change overnight, wake up and do something completely different and stupid and fail and and it's all and it's all over. But once you understand it, you've just got to find something to get you to a point that you take the first step and you realize, wow, I believed I couldn't do that, yet here I am, I have done it. Love it. Love it. And once you do it once you do it once, embrace it, understand it, and then you will start slowly.
slowly but surely doing it more and more and more and it starts to escalate. Yeah, build on it. Mm, I love that. Ryan, I, I, I really, really, I love your mindset. I love what you're teaching people, um, accessing this, this wonderful mind and may more and more people just realize the incredible t- potential that they have. Yes. So thanks, Ryan. Yes. Thanks for coming onto the show, for sharing your stories. Go swim, go forth and conquer, um, and yes. keep coming back and, and, uh, inspiring us. We loved having you on the show. Such a pleasure. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ryan Stramrud, who's an inspirational speaker. You hear he helps people with mind and extreme ice swimmer. Are you convinced? Are you convinced? Because I hope you are that your mind right now can achieve, you can achieve extraordinary things. The only thing standing in your way right now is what you're believing. Shift the belief you can achieve anything. A quick break. We'll be right back. This is LifeLinks with a DL link. 101.9 High FM and what an interesting show it has been. Um, I hope that you're enjoying it as much as I am. Um, we have a cancer warrior, um, a DL link warrior, um, Warren Smith on the line. Um, and just to share his, 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 his going through treatment as we speak, his relationship with the DL link. Warren, welcome. Great to have you on the show. Thanks. It's good to be on the show again. So, so Warren, you you have colorectal cancer. You are right, in yes. the middle of yeah. your treatment. Am I correct? That's right. I'm how is it going? Right. How how are you, Warren? Look, it's um, I'm okay actually. I'm um, the, the tumors have reduced considerably in size, which is always great news, and my tumor markers have come down as well. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty much more than halfway through my latest six-month course of chemo. I should be finished at the end of January. So, Wow, that's um, right. Yeah, so at the end of January, I'll probably I'll have a CT scan, um, and then they'll be able to compare from about six months ago and, and see, see how it's all going. So listen, that's very much the physical side of it. And just apropos this incredible show we've had on the mind and the, the role the mind plays um, yeah. in, in this journey. Yeah. How, how is your mind? How is your state of mind at the moment? It, how would you describe it? it? Yeah, look, it's um, the biggest thing about the whole cancer battle and everything is, is so much of it is mental. Mm. And, you know, come January, it'll be, I'll be doing this for three years now. Sure. And, you know, it, it's hard to keep going and fighting and getting up every morning for, for three years. But, you know, unfortunately, there's also no sort of end in sight. You mm-hmm. know, it's not like, you know, you break your arm, you have x-rays, you can see the break, you have a cast, and six weeks later, your arm is healed. You know, cancer is got so many unknowns. And yeah. I think the mental side of it is to to prepare yourself for that unknown. You have to continue to go through treatment, which is physically so debilitating. And if you're not strong mentally, it, it just makes it so much harder. Mm. And I'm sure that you have days when you're strong mentally and then you have days when you're not. Um, yeah. And it's just and, so tough. And they're not even days when I'm having treatment, you know. It could yeah. be, uh, I could be off the chemo for about a week and a half and you just wake up and you, you, you just think, can I even do this? I yeah. just don't want to do this anymore, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. And it's on days like those when you're supposed 
that mm. family and friends mm. and and the dear link especially i mean um gabby is my angel you know i might be a warrior but he's he's my angel you know gabby will yeah out of the blue message me warren how you doing can i get you anything and that support system for someone going through cancer is 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 so vital mm. they help you they they help you reset your mindset um, they so it's do, not just and the physical, you know, they the understand. Mm. A lot of them have been through it themselves, and but it's their whole network. Even if it's, you know, even if it's just a chala on a Friday afternoon, you know, they come and drop it off, or you know, it just means that someone's thinking about you, and and you're not actually alone because yeah. cancer is a very lonely battle. Mm. Um, you know, the physical side of it is is so debilitating but it's also the mental side and to have that support even if it's just how you're doing how's it going you know yeah. um i'm with you that, that, that people are around and mm. they care mm, absolutely you know? well you know we have the jerusalem marathon coming along and um, we spoke mm. to eldon baynard and it's amazing because um eldon is going to be riding with your name um mm. uh, on his shirt yeah, no, how, that, how that, does that, that feel part, warren it, it, it actually, it, it tears me up quite a bit because, yeah. um, you know, I'm a very, I'm, I'm not a very outgoing person and I'm quite closed you know, emotionally and everything. And it's, it, to have a stranger make a gesture like that, it's hard to, to put it into words how much strength it actually gives me, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, it's 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 very hard to describe, but I'm I'm so grateful um, for everything that they do, and it does it empowers me as well. I think you know he's he's cycling in the ninety four point seven, and then he's running in Jerusalem, and the whole time he's kind of carrying me with him. You yeah, know? and I suppose it works the other way as well. He's got a motivation as well, but um, again, it goes back to the to the main point, and I think the whole point of the DL link is to not feel alone. Absolutely. To, to, to just to know that there is support and there are people out there who are thinking about you. Absolutely. You know, and that that's that's very empowering as as someone who's, you know, fighting cancer. Mm, very true, Warren. Well, we we send you our love and we send you our support and wishing you good health and vitality, um, you know, and with the good and the bad, um, just gaining strength from, from Eldon who will be running um, and just hoping that we'll be chatting again soon, Warren. But thank you so much for yeah, your time. Sure. And as I said, just wishing you good health. Thank you so much, Nick, and thanks to everybody at Chai and, and at the DL Link as oh, well. Thank, thank you, you Warren. So much. Thank you, Warren. Take care. Lovely okay. to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you. Um, Warren yeah, Smith thanks. on 101.9 High FM, just talking about the DL Link, someone running um, with his name on his shirt um, at the Jerusalem Marathon. And listen, you too can be a part of this incredible experience which is taking place on the 15th of March. If you want to join the DL Link team, you've got to register by the 22nd of February. Registration closes then. You can get a 10% discount. If you join the DL Link team, it will be one one of the most extraordinary experiences of your life. You hear, Warren, um, you hear what it does for the cancer warriors and what it will do for you to be able to do that. Wow, I am so inspired. I'm walking away from here with a powerful mind, with a positive outset, and I hope you are too. For me, Nikki Seberini, until next time, do take care. Goodbye.